All right, good morning, everybody. JC uh, asked me on my way out the bathroom there, how are you doing, Dad? I said, I don't know. He goes, what do you mean? You don't know. I said, well, I'm in a good mood, so I can either make the teaching goofy or better. I don't know which. So I got a little hippy-dippy when I was reading the text today. So I thought about taking my shoes off and walking up here barefoot and kind of, not because of the movie, but because I'm going to be a little tree hugger uh, this morning, I think. Are you really? No, no, don't. <laughs> she goes, uh-oh. No, it's not bad. So we'll be in Psalm 104 and 105 today, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. A couple announcements. Um, uh, for the Easter walkthrough for next year, um, um, they'd like to have a meeting next week. She just She's going to be down at that church looking at their path this morning, taking pictures and how to build the path and all, and wanted to make sure that I mentioned that to you, that have signed up for that or, or thinking about being a part of that, that she wants to have a meeting after second service uh, next week so that you can kind of talk a little bit more about the next steps for that Easter walk. Um, and uh, anyway, that's coming up next week. Today we have a potluck after second service, uh, so we'll be having a potato bar kind of thing. Um, you're welcome to come back for that. And I think that's it as far as, is there anything else? Oh yeah, women's luncheon, March 25th, uh, 10.30 to 3. I, that's coming up. There's a flyer out there, a sign-up sheet. Um, one's full and the other one's started, so it looks like it's going to be a good turnout, provided everybody remembers that Saturday morning. Sometimes that happens. Um, but anyway, that's coming up. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to spend time in it together as a, as a body, your body. And we pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Nothing new necessarily, but just more confirmation of who you are, who we're to be, and uh, just the joy of these songs written to you from people's hearts that, um, well, they were just meditating on you. They were thinking of you. They were seeing you and and everything around them and um, what a blessing that was to them. And so they wrote a song to you. Uh, I pray that we'd be able to follow suit in Jesus' name. Amen. That's really what this 104 is about. They're both very, not very long, pretty long psalms, so we're going to get through them pretty quickly this morning, a lot of reading. Um, But this first one is speaking of the sovereignty of Lord and the creation of God and how the psalmist here sees the Lord um, in everything around him. God manifests himself in creation. He shows himself up there. You know, you look at a leaf, you know, wow, there's a brain there, There's there's wisdom there, and so on. And so he's going to talk about that. In verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul. We let, I won't stop every verse, I promise. Um, but the, the psalmist always reminds himself and reminds his own soul, you know, be sure and bless God, you know, be deliberate in that and think that through. And this is purposeful and I'm making a decision. I'm going to, so bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, who cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. On the way down today from Hopkins um, in the Highlander, not my truck, story to follow. Uh, (laughs) We noticed, I noticed off to the left-hand side, the beautiful sun rays that we see oftentimes go through the clouds. I know it's not unusual, but every time I see it, I want to get my camera out, you know, and this time I'm driving, so I couldn't. Um, so I just enjoyed the moment and seeing that and, and, uh, the, the breathtaking part of those moments and as any times it's the light, you know, 
Um, it's the light coming through the beams. The clouds are obscuring part of it, but some of it's shining through, and it's like, man, and bow in the back seat. I think that's what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. I said, yeah, I think so, something like that. Probably, you know, something exactly like that. And it was just beautiful. And so you can see the writer here must be looking at something, you know. You're clothed with light. Now, here's the truck story. Last night, I, I, uh, I had to be in class all day, Zoom class for real estate. I'm getting, my, uh, getting caught up on Iowa stuff so I can do Iowa stuff. That's a shameless plug, by the way, if you're in Iowa and you need to sell your house with me. Um, no, I was sitting there, and, and Jenny says, the cows, man, they, they need hay. And I said, I'll get to it as soon as I'm done. So I got in a hurry, and I got in my truck, and I hooked up to the baler, uh, the, the pork, and and, uh, and I ran up, and I got a bale of hay, and it's, it was so heavy. You know, I can feel it, and I'm cranking it, winching it up, and I'm like, this is heavy bale. And I know it's heavy. It's rain-soaked. i got to get there. Pull out and get into the cow area. We got them all distracted. They're over there, so they're not trying to run out the gate while I'm coming in. And we need the hay on the other side of that ditch. And everybody else in the room knows, don't go across the ditch. Don't go and my brain said, you're not going to go across the ditch. You're pulling way too much weight. You're driving a lead sled. It's not going to make it. Four-wheel drive or not, they're just not meant for that. It's not going to do it. <clears throat> you know, sometimes, sometimes trucks surprise you, right? Sometimes you make it. I don't know what it was about it. My brain said, don't go. And my foot said, do it. And just like, a, I mean, just like you'd expect and then, of course, because you've stopped, the natural reaction is to step on the gas again, because then you're going to go, right? <laughs> you know, down to, the, down to the frame almost. And I get out of the truck. I said, there's your hay, cows. You know, and I, <laughs> whatever. I'm not dealing with this right now. And through, I finally gave up. So the point of this is later on that night, last night, I come out. We usually have a lot of family time. At about 9 o'clock, we break up and go watch something, or kids can go do something, you know, play a video game or whatever. And that's when I'm going to hit this truck. I got some ideas on how to get this truck out. Regardless of how that went, that makes no difference. To the text, the beautiful moon, I forget. And I'm like, oh, I need lights. I need all this. And if I just wait long enough, and my walk to the truck was long enough that my eyes adjusted, and the moon was shining, and it was like daytime around my truck because I let myself just get used to it. Now, every time I turn the truck on, all the lights would come on. I'd lose my night vision regardless. Even the light at night, I felt peaceful. It was calm. I mean, it was not a fun situation. It was like, a, a, you know. But the light, uh, even at nighttime, was just brilliant and comforting. And it made everything, you know, if you let yourself have those moments and take, let the time take, you know, let time do what it needs to do for your eyes to dilate and see. It's like, oh, I don't need lights. I don't need any of this. I can see everything, you know. It was amazing. So when I read this text this morning, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Whether that's the beautiful sun rays I saw coming down here on the way to church from the sun, or whether that's at night and you see the moonbeams, uh, it's amazing. And so he's looking at something. We don't know what it is, but he just says, it's just beautiful. You're stretched out the heavens like a curtain. So he's obviously looking up. I can just see it. Verse 3, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angel, uh, angels, spirits, and ministers a flame of fire. 
The other words are just, they're whispers, they're, they're invisible, they, they go to and fro, you know, they're active in doing what they're supposed to do, but it's hard to track. Um, he makes them that way on purpose. Um, we don't get to see angels. Sometimes they disguise themselves as people, but for the most part, uh, they're unseen and they do their work um, in, the, in another realm, basically, behind the scenes that we can't visually uh, pick up. Verse 5, you who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place uh, which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, uh, that they may not return to cover the earth. And whether he's speaking of the flood or he's speaking of the, the separation in the creation days of uh, firmaments, you know, the upper and the lower atmosphere and so on, whether he's describing that or not makes no difference. He's describing the water cycle or, you know, the, the hydraulic cycle now and uh, how it works. And he's noticing all that, you know. He's taking the time to look around and how... how uh, one of the things that came up as I was studying is the, uh, and I don't know how to connect all this together necessarily to make it easy to, to track my mind. It's easy to track God's word. It's hard to track mine. I understand that. I was thinking of, let me start here, binge watching. Okay. I'm just starting with that. We know what binge watching is. You've got a series on Netflix or a series on Amazon Prime or something, and you watch several shows in a row. It's binge watching. It's interesting that we use the same word for watching as we do for food. <laughs> so we have beautiful food that we can create. I was thinking about this as well and how you can either go buy a loaf of bread or you can, and, and we've, Jenny's found a wonderful recipe for sourdough and, and she's making it homemade from scratch and I just, you can't wait for it to come out because it looks and tastes like real bread. And I mean like I'm used to. And how wonderful that is, but you could go over there and get the prepackaged stuff, you know, which isn't nearly probably as, as, as nutrient dense as what she's made at all, not even close. And you think about that, and then, and then you think about this, what this writer is seeing, that'd be the homemade stuff, versus the binge watching that we do on TV. And it's, you've got your, your eyes want to do something, so they're either going to watch the prepackaged stuff and binge watch, or we can sit outside and take our time and let God give us the TV that we need, which is outside, you know, to visually see that. And it's interesting how the binge eating doesn't do us right. <laughs> it doesn't help us at all. Neither does the binge watching, I might add. But if I eat properly and eat and take the time to create, it slows down my consumption. It makes me have better food. And there's a lot going, because I tell you what, if I didn't have crackers and cheese or peanut butter sitting in there, I probably wouldn't eat because I'm too lazy to make anything. And I'd probably shed some weight is the idea. So if I just eat what's there, and if I just go outside and let God do with my eyes what he wants to do, why don't you sit, spend some time outside Look at my stuff, how I manifest it. Now that's the best TV you're ever going to get. And that is health to your body. That is health for your soul. You know, this easy to consume. It's right there. It's like a, a box pantry visually, you know, and you watch your binge watch stuff and it's not doing me well. I'm eating some things that are entertaining, but I'm also eating some, well, 
some carcinogens. <laughs> I'm eating some things that are going to cause spiritual cancer in my life and so on. And I just noticed that in this chapter. I told you I was going to get a little hippy-dippy. I probably should take, you should all just, you know, ground ourselves to the earth and watch the sunsets. Well, maybe we should more, obviously. There is a battle, we know this, for the things of man and the things of God in our lives. And that goes, I, th- I think that runs the gamut. It can go from anywhere from entertainment all the way to food. I mean, it can do everything. The things of man, uh, everything that's created. If you could divide up your life that way into all the things of man, man-made created things that distract you from God-created things, it's interesting, the battle that goes on in which we choose, which is easier, more convenient, which takes a little more work, but you feel better afterwards. It's amazing. It's amazing the difference between the two. And I just see this psalmist who doesn't have electricity, whose entertainment is his front porch or rooftop if he's in the city, you know. There's no light pollution. He's able to see the stars from everywhere, you know. You can see that. This is wisdom for us, I think. Now, it is far from us, and I think it is a, a I mean, here, you know, what a contrast, Right? You know, I have this delicious, you know, that God made. But this is my beverage of choice in the morning, you know. It's a, it's a process. We work our way in there, and we do the best we can. Um, but just to start getting our minds thinking the way the writer's thinking and the way God thinks, I think it's good. I think it's a healthy start anyway. I don't know that we can throw our televisions out the window, although it probably couldn't hurt. But it'd be a hard throw for a lot of us, you know. Um, I was looking at a listing in, the, in my class, multi-million dollar listing. They were trying to find all the things that we would need to write in the contract that need to stay that aren't attached. That was the goal. Hmm, what about that? And you're looking at all, this guy had 27 TVs in his house. This is that kind of house, though. You guys are like, ooh, I want to see that house. I'll send you the link. It's not for sale anymore. I'm not trying to sell it. Um, but, I mean, you go into the, in the walk-in closet, there was a built-in TV into the, I'm like, oh in the bathroom, on the tub, by the hot tub, in the outdoor kitchen, by the pool, you know, in the living room, in the kitchen. And then in his entertainment room, he had two up so he could watch both sports teams, you know. And and I'm looking at that like, he could probably shed a few of those TVs. And I bet every one of them's on as he walks through his house kind of thing. And what a distraction from what God wants him to be thinking about. And I don't know the guy, and I don't mean to judge him. Do what he wants with his money. Wonderful. All all his. He can do whatever he wants. Um, But I got to thinking, my goodness, you know, it brings pause into my life and to consider. So back to the text, Um, the waters, it's beautiful how you've separated these things and how I can see the streams coming down and all. And she begins to meditate upon that. He goes from the sky to the mountains, to the waters running down the hills. Verse 10, he sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink and here's their purpose. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. By them, the birds of heavens have their home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his upper chambers. The, the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. Um, um, Dixie was just sharing about how her son has to fill up the water tanks twice a day, you know, for her cattle and all. What a, oh, what a monumental task for oh, that many cattle, you know, my five. I, I've, I've learned to be quiet about <laughs> my woes. Um, 
But wow, you know, and, and he's just noticing, he just does that. All these wild animals are getting their water and he's taking care of them. He's a rancher, basically. He's a farmer. The Lord is doing all these things and he's picking up on all this stuff. And that's where you get wisdom. Do you know how they, why do you think they come up with aquifers? I mean, you just want to know that stream would be easier if it was going into the city. I could probably make a stream, you know, just looking at God's wisdom and his design and the way he's done things. I could probably manipulate that a little bit to make my life a little bit easier, you know, and, and, and so we get thoughts and ideas. He's just watching how it works. This hydraulic cycle works great for him. Maybe it'd work well for me. Verse 14, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle um, and vegetation for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread, which strengthens man's heart. I I paused there because I was just thinking about the loaf of bread that came out of our oven um, and was cooling um, and how amazing it is and how, how, Nutrient dense it is, and that's where my mind went down that road, just at that section there. Beautiful. Um, and it, it, God's done all of those things. He makes that all. You know, the, the vegetation is eaten by the cow, and it turns into wonderful meat for us. So it's, I'm not going vegan on you this morning by any means. And um, it, You know, um, and if you are, fine. But I'm just saying he, he's doing that. And just like the grain is grown, we don't eat that raw. We do something to that. We mill it. We, 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 we turn it into something. We turn it into bread that we can eat and, and use. And, and he describes all that. The grapes, you know, and you can squish them and make some beautiful grape juice out of it. And oil you get from the olives more than likely. He's talking about olive oil that you put on your face. And, and just he's thinking about all this stuff. And it just comes. It's just growing. It's just out there. And God does all this. Where the bird, oh, I'm sorry, and the trees of the Lord are full of sap. He's thinking about that, you know, tapping the sap. If you, I don't know if you've noticed that. People are putting their, their buckets out on their trees around here, the maple trees and everything. You see the buckets and, and all. And um, we just figured that out. Hey, this is good stuff, you know. Wonder who was the first one to figure that out, you know. It, going up and you see something come out of a tree and, I don't know, lick it. Well, <laughs> that was a bold move, you know. Uh, hey, I need more of that. And I want that on my pancakes, you know, kind of thing. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of Lebanon, which he planted, where the birds make their nests. The stork has her home uh, in the fir trees. The high hills are for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. Um, I love rock badgers in marmots. I think we call them. Um, it's probably the same term, but I remember being in Colorado and finding a family of them outside of our cabin. I went with my grandparents to a family reunion. That's why we were there by the Colorado River. And there was a bunch of boulders and everything. And there were these awesome creatures, you know, these super soft teddy bears coming out of these rocks. And I just sat there all day with bread and it would feed them out of my hand. And um, and they did. They were very skittish, but I got them to come out, but they would go into those rocks and soft on the outside, big squishy things, couldn't hurt a fly, but the rocks were their protection. And the, the guy's just noticing that. Isn't that amazing? I was using the terrain to be his protection. Um, he appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. You make darkness and it is night in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. Uh, nocturnal creatures. Um, 
Side note, owls, they just, they blow me away. I just, that's probably my favorite bird, although I don't think about them very often until you see one at night. They're so quiet when they fly. It's unbelievable how silent. They, they're, they're as big as an eagle, it seems like, when they're flying. You see them at, the, at dusk um, around our place, and they're going usually just really close, maybe 30 feet off the ground, and they're just going right for the trees, you know. And you see them jump and go, and you, you try to hear them, and you can't. And their eyes, you know, you know, they're just hunting and doing their thing like that. And I think about that. Sometimes we wake up and we find that the raccoons have been there. I, I got little paw prints on the side of my truck, you know. I don't know what I had in the back of my truck, but they were trying to get back there to... Amazing. At night, there's a whole other world happening while I'm sleeping, you know. And he's just noticing all that. Um, how they come out at night and some come out in the day and so on. You make the darkness at... Uh, and it's night which, in which all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. Um, when the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. So we take turns using everything. You know, He's just noticing that. We come out of our little holes and we do our work all day long and we go to bed and then they come out and they do their thing while we're asleep and um, just seeing the beauty of all that. It's fun to stay up late and to spend some time uh, out when you should be in bed or you're kind of trying to wind down and just uh, kind of see the, the other side of the world wake up, basically, the dark side, you know, everything that's going on at night. And he's just noticing that. And he's, he's seeing God in all of it. And, and uh, when I'm studying Scripture, I'll read through it the first time, and I'm anxious and I'm fidgety. I have a hard time settling down. I don't like to read. I've to, I don't know how many times I've told you that. And you're probably like, shut up. My kids are listening to you. You know, it just takes me a hard time to read, you know. And after my second or third time through the text, all of a sudden, oh, there it is. There's the rhythm. There's the Lord. There, I can see what he's trying to say. It's going to be a hippy-dippy Sunday. I could tell that right, you know, at my third time through the text. I'm going to be getting a little green energy on everybody, you know, kind of thing. And outside is the same thing. It's the same way for me. It's not fast. I'm not getting my dopamine fix like you do on TikTok or you get on Instagram or something like that. Movie, real, real, movie, show, whatever. Do. You get sit out there and it takes me a little bit of time to settle down. I could be doing lots of stuff, you know things to do. Who's got time to sit on a porch? Sit there. And that's what this guy does. He says, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit here. And he's starting to get, he's starting to receive from the Lord in that quietness. It takes time to quiet your soul. It takes time to quiet your spirit. It takes time to quiet yourself before the Lord, you know, Um, and to have that patience and to know yourself, to know that about yourself, I think is important. I know that if I sit here for another 20 minutes, I'll finally get there. So I just got to do it. You know, that was always my hard thing. I hate running, reading, running to, you know, uh, because the first, you know, everybody says, well, yeah, after the first 10 minutes, you get into it. it takes me 30. It's funny. I used to run on a track, you know, at the college up here when I was in town and I would run, and I would expect this moment that everybody talks about after 10 or 15 minutes, and it never came for me. And I ran, and I just said, it doesn't matter. You still got to do it. Keep going. I don't care if it hurts or not. And I kept going. 30 minutes into it, I'm warmed up. 
I don't know why it takes me 30 and everybody else 15, but 30 minutes into it, I'm warmed up and I could probably run for another two hours at that point when I wanted to quit the entire time. But after I get past that 30, and I know that about myself, I guess I'm just different. It's the same way with sitting outside. It's the same way with sitting before the Lord and waiting on him. I don't get into it right away. It takes me time. And I know that about myself, but because I know that about myself, I go through that moment. I expect it. I pray my way through it. I discipline my way through the first, however long it takes. And all of a sudden, there it is. There it is. Know that about yourself. I think it helps. Verse 24. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. This great and wide sea, so now he's moved all the way. He's watched from the clouds to the streams to the land animals to the night to the day, all the way to the seas following the water. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things, all the life that's in the water, you know. We used to do that in science class. You take a, a you know the drop of pond water and you put it on the slide and you smash it down and you look through it and it's like, oh, that's your first, as a kid, you're like, I'm swimming in that. It's like a soup of things, living things, you know, when they first tell you about all the things that are crawling on your skin, it's like, I didn't need to know that, you know, uh, but it's vital and important and all, but he's noticing that when you get down to the sea where we fish and we basically see the water only, if you're able to put goggles on and go under, which is a wonderful thing to do, you begin to see everything moving. The whole thing is just teeming with life. Then he notices that. Living things, both small and great. So from plankton and single cell, you know, uh, uh, you know plant life, uh, you know, algae or whatever, and all the way to whales or whatever Leviathan is, you know, some kind of massive sea creature at the time. Um, this beautiful Leviathan. There are ships sail about. There is that Leviathan. It was, a, it was as neat to see that as it is for us to see the whale, you know, kind of thing. Everybody wants to see the whale. You know, you get on a boat and they go out and they're going to breach. And you wait, you know, and then, oh, there they are. And everybody takes pictures and enjoys the moment, gets the spray, you know, um, how beautiful that is. And what a wonderful moment. And even he's excited. Oh, and then there's that Leviathan. There it is. You know, you see fish every day, but then you see that big thing. That's a beautiful thing. A couple of our gals went on a trip. I've been watching their journey on this little cruise that they went on together. And I saw them both, uh, you know, with a dolphin, uh, hands on the dolphin's fins like that. You know, it's one of those moments you have an encounter with the dolphin or whatever. I'm like, what a wonderful thing to experience. You know, who would have ever thought you could, who, I don't know how many people in this room have ever touched a dolphin, raise your hand, you know, few, you know, beautiful, wonderful, slick. Here, if, here's, a, here's a hack for you in case you don't ever get to the dolphins. If you go up to the Henry Dorley Zoo and they let you touch those bat rays in there, they feel exactly the same, exactly the same. Now, they're not as cool as a dolphin. Um, they're a little creepy when they climb up on your hand or whatever, but you can feel them. Go up to the bat rays and touch them. Um, this guy is enjoying everything about it, you know, everything about it. Um, loving creation, loving God manifesting himself and showing his power, his wisdom, his love, his care um, through the taking care of all these creatures, through grass and and grain and water and so on, um, and shelter. He provides all that for them. We get to see the heart of God in this, and it helps us to understand his heart for us. We understand his heart for all of this around us, you know. So 
um, which you have made to play there. The Leviathan seems to be playing, so he's probably talking about some kind of breach, a large animal breaching the water and seeing that. Verse 27, these all wait for you, speaking of God, these all wait for you, God, that you may give them their food in due season. He's the ultimate zookeeper, you know, is is who God is. Um, That you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. Um, You hide your face, they are troubled. There's a drought, they know it, you know. How else am I going to get water unless you give it to me? How else am I going to get fed unless you give it to me? And of course, what the psalmist wants us to understand is, we need to have that same attitude towards God. If I, what, how, I was just mentioning to John, oh, I, I love this truck. I mean, not to the point of worship, but boy, I really like the room when I'm driving it. I'm not in the Highlander, you know, kind of thing. I don't have to put the seat clear back. It's just, I just, and it moves. And boy, when I get, when I go on the highway, boy, there it goes. You know, I like that. And now it's in mud down to the frame, you know. And you look at it and you say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away kind of thing. And you, you really appreciate him and all that he does, you know. Um, and that's all the writer's trying to do is to show us that and to get us thinking the same way. Um, you send forth your spirit. He takes away your breath, their breath, and they die and they return to their dust. Even their very breath is in his hands, is, is ours. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise, I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. It's like in the end, he's like, and then there's those guys that ruin it. You know, this would be great if we didn't have people that would ruin these moments with God. Now, here's, I get a little hippy dippy. Hold on. I grew up when this country made the switch from throwing your McDonald's bags out the window on the highway. Didn't think anything of it. We didn't think any, not if you were like, well, I always have. Well, we didn't, and most of the country didn't either, throwing it out, you know. I was in California, beautiful state, absolutely beautiful state, regardless of the politics. We're not going to go there. That's, it's funny how we automatically, California. California is amazing. It's absolutely stunning and beautiful, everything about it. I love the ocean. I love the mountains. But when you come out of the San Bernardino Mountains down into Los Angeles, you dread it. Because you don't even realize as you go through this brown fog coming out of there. Beautiful high. Oh, the San Bernardino's cool, crisp, fresh. Oh. And you look at that and you see this brown fog. Oh, you know, industrial revolution. You know, we all need to wear horses again. You, know, you start thinking that way kind of thing. So <coughs> I'm not on board with, you know, as much as everybody thinks I am. I'm a conservative guy. I'm all about getting rid of that pollution any way we can. I'm all about putting our trash where it belongs and maybe reducing the trash as much as possible. Please understand that that isn't like that, that, that you can have that. You can be someone who's conscious about what you do 
in this world, how much uh, you, as a human, belch into this atmosphere and how much you don't. Some of it's absolutely necessary, but I'm all for moving in a better direction other than that brown fog. And if you've never experienced that, because a lot of people haven't, you live in the Midwest where it's just dissipating, you don't see it. But when you see it in a group, in a place, I was thinking about New York City. Can you, do you know how many showers people take in New York? There's a million people in New York City. Every single morning they take a shower, right? Well, maybe every other day. I don't know how often people take showers in New York, but I would want to take one every day if I lived there. And all that water, where does it go? All that soap, all those things. I just think about that, that mask, the pipes they must have under that city to carry away and other things. You know, every single day, all the trash, all the stuff that goes away. I'm all for that. I'm all for being more careful about those things. And I think that's okay to think about. Don't we, no, I would come out of, we, we had, you know, you have pollen warnings out here. Well, pollen's that tell you, I don't know how they rate it, nine or, you know. They had air quality. We'd read it. You, you come out of your barracks and they'd say, air quality's nine, red, you know, stay inside. And you did, it burned your eyes. You walked outside, I'm like, oh. It, you could feel it burning your eyes. It was horrible. I'm all for getting rid of that any way possible. Now, I know that electric cars aren't great for every application, but if you've ever driven one on a highway, you'll never go back to anything else. It's amazing how they go, you know. Well, what about the lithium and all that? I know. I know. I'm with you on that. The technology has not caught up. We're not where we could be, but, but where do you start? Where do you start? You start with a, you know, you remember where cars started? <laughs> remember the tires? You know, you, you remember where we started? Look where we are now. You got to start someplace, and I'm all for starting and, and getting in a better place. You know, at first it doesn't make any sense because we're spending just as much on fossil fuels to make this stuff as we are to. I get the ratio. I understand all that before you come up to me and say, JD, you're wrong about green energy. <laughs> there is a way to probably do it, and I think to shut off your creative juices and to think that there isn't a way to harness waves, sun, wind in a more um, make the ratio better. I think, it's, I think it's okay. Now, I hate the windmills just as much as anybody else. I, I, I don't like them. I hate the view. I hate what they've done to our landscape. I hate what they're doing to the landfills. I understand all of that. Um, I'd like to improve. I think it'd be great if we could do better, you know, kind of thing. So all these things, you think uh, the light pollution from all the lights and everything where you can't see the skies. I'm just saying, you're seeing the, the, the works of man is competing with the works of God is what I'm saying. And the more we can get away from the works of man and more about the works of God in every way, shape, and form in our life, I think just being ready for that and, and thinking that way, I think it's good. So, okay, I put my shoes back on. I'm, I'm not hugging the tree anymore. But I've always felt that way. And I drive a diesel truck. Okay, so, and, you know, I, I understand there are applications where this doesn't apply. Um, can't pull, doesn't have the horsepower, doesn't have the, isn't feasible, isn't, it isn't practical. Of course not. But we're doing so much better, and it's going to continue to move forward. Bobcat. Bobcat makes an electric skid loader. I'm telling you, I watched the thing work, and I don't know anything about dirt move or nothing like that. But the guys that are driving are saying, this is incredible. Now, it doesn't last nearly as long as it needs to, obviously. It doesn't go near as far enough, but it's silent on the job site. 
and it moves in a, in, in its immediate transfer of all the torque. And it's, it's just incredible. The cylinders and the things that they, the solenoids and everything that they're using for incredible. I'm all for it. Good job. Bobcat. Keep going. You know? Um, all right. <laughs> it's probably the wrong crowd, but I think you're on board. I think you're on board a little bit just to be open to it. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And no more, no more. <laughs> May the sinners be consumed from the earth and wicked be no more. Bless, bless the Lord, O my souls. Praise the Lord. That word praise the Lord is translated into Hebrew, hallelujah. So if you're wondering, wondering where hallelujah came from, that's the Hebrew word for praise the Lord. It's hallelujah, okay? 105, we got seven minutes. Easy, we can do it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. God wants us to speak of him. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant. You children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He's excited. Something about talking about the Lord. The psalmist is encouraging us to do that, but so is God. Um, in my class, and that'll come up probably a lot, there are scripts that we can use. And every salesperson knows there are scripts that you can follow to gain. I can't do it. I don't have that desire to script somebody, right? Um, That being said, when someone comes up to me and says, how do I share the gospel with somebody? And well, we've got this script that you can give. It's very unnatural. The person feels like they're being sailed, you know, and there's this immediate, "Mm, I'll pass. No, thank you. I'll think about it. I need to get off the car lot of your church so that I don't, you know, all God's asked us to do is to be his witnesses, to share, if the opportunity rises, what God's done for us. There's no script. How do you share the gospel? You just tell the next person next to you what God's done for you. You know, in Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, it talks about when God overhears us talking about him. There's a book of remembrance that he writes it down. He likes it when we talk about him. It's very simple. It's very natural. Sharing Jesus with people should be just as common as telling them about a good movie that you watched or a good book that you've read or something. Yeah, can I tell you about this Jesus? He's amazing. Here's where I was and here's where he took me. It's amazing. You should try it. You should read it. You know, um, The writer here is just saying, it's just talk of his wondrous works. But what do I say? Just talk about his wondrous works. What do you know about God? What are some of the wonderful things that you know about him? Just talk about those things. And God loves that. He loves that. He commands us here, in, in a, you know, in a, in a songy kind of way, because it's a psalm. He says, let the hearts of those rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face. Remember his works. Um, remember what he's, his wonders. Remember his judgments, you know. He go through those things. If you don't know what to do, if you're bored, do those things. You know, I'm bored. 
Well, why don't you just rejoice in the Lord and seek His strength and seek His face and remember His marvelous works and His wonders and His judgment. Spend some time doing that if you're bored. It's time well spent. And He's telling them to do that. O seed of Abraham, His servant, you, you children of Jacob, His chosen ones. Verse 7, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. The word which He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which He made with Abraham, and his oath to Isaac, and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant. He's moving into uh, the idea that God has promised them this land, given them a promise. This is where you're, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. Started with Abraham, said the same thing to Isaac, said the same thing to Jacob, whose name gets changed to Israel. The land is yours. Our relationship is firm. You are my people. I'm your God. Now, they have a difficult relationship. Um, that's what the whole Old Testament's about. But it, 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 the whole book starts with them and ends with them in the book of Revelation. The final seven years is the nation of Israel's chance to receive their Messiah again. Um, it's always been that way. And so he's just saying this promise has been from everlasting. And he's going to talk about that. And like in good Jewish form, he's going to go over their history. Like Stephen does and like we read several times, that's where he's moving into the history of Israel. To Israel, an everlasting covenant, saying... To you I will give the land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. So if anybody wondered here today, should Israel be there? Yes, they should. It's their land. God said so. It doesn't matter what the political world says. God said so. When they were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. So they weren't, they weren't uh, indigenous. They were moved in by God, and it's okay. When they went from one nation to another... When they were transient, when they were intense, Abraham and Isaac, and then finally it was after Joseph that they were moved in um, after the nation of Israel, or after they left Egypt. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. He was their protection. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Um, He watched out for them. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provisions of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. uh, uh, fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that that, that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. Just going some of the amazing life of Joseph, which is an incredible read um, to the point of, uh, you know, being the favorite of the, of the family to being um, imprisoned all the way to now being someone who teaches Egypt. I mean, that's like going to Cambridge and telling them what's up, you know, um, he would show up as this sh- you know, shepherd kid and he was giving them advice. He was raised to the number two because he had a relationship with God. Okay. And so he's just showing that he was able to give the elders, the wisdom um, of Egypt. So the elders of Egypt, the wisdom from God is what I mean. Israel also came into Egypt uh, and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. He increased uh, his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies He turned their heart to hate uh, his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen, 
They performed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they did not rebel against his word. He turned their waters into blood and killed their fish. Their land abounded with frogs, even in the chambers of their king. You forget how gross all those things were, you know. We try to remember the order. Was it frogs and then lice? Just spend some time on any one of them, you know. Sliding your feet into your bread bed and down the covers and 27 frogs are in there with you, you know. You know, I mean, I'm not scared of frogs, but I don't want them touching my feet when you slide into bed, you know, or you're going into the oven to get the bread out and, ah, I cooked 27 frogs in the oven too. They were everywhere. They were all over the place. Same with the lice. And he's just going over that. Um, They abounded with frogs, even in the chamber of their kings. He spoke of, uh, he spoke and there came swarms of flies. I hate flies and lice in all their territory. I don't mind a fly. But now that I'm on some property, they're everywhere. And they, and they come into my house and they, they go up into my attic and they live there. And we have the ladybug problem here too. And then, the, and then it gets a little bit warm on that side of the house. They all come out and my whole side of my house is covered with flies. It's a horrible thing. You know, and the, you could see our animals, they just, oh, constant, constant. You know, you got to do everything to get rid of these things. Imagine that everywhere. Flies and lice. In all their territory, <laughs> I've had lice. In the Marine Corps, I, had li- I got lice. That's a horrible experience. I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand here today. But it feels like your skin is crawling. It is the most disgusting. And you're not a dirty person. You shower, you take care of yourself, you do everything you're supposed to do, and there they are, you know. Oh, so they were everywhere. And they didn't have the pesticides that you can put on your head, you know, to get rid of these things. They're living with these lice. Gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He struck their vines also and their fig trees and splintered the trees of their territory. He spoke and locusts came, young locusts without number, and ate up all the vegetation in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He also destroyed all the firstborn of the land and first of all their strength. He also brought them out with silver and gold. So that was the bad thing, but here's the result. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, and the fear of them had fallen upon them. And this is where we get that cloud wasn't just for direction. It wasn't just for following. Some people have challenged. Well, I don't think the cloud was for shade. That's what it says. He spread a cloud for a covering, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We know that that cloud went out and covered them from the, from the desert sun, protected them from that heat. And fire to give light in the night. So you've got shade in the day and you've got a night light, you know. And this pillar of fire, they camp around it, you know, kind of thing. And it's, you could walk out and there, you didn't have to be afraid in the middle of the desert. It's beautiful. The people asked and he brought quail. He doesn't mention much about that. They asked for quail, and he brought quail. We all know the story, right? Uh, they didn't. They shouldn't have asked, but they did. And satisfied them with bread from heaven, the manna. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. This is so much water to feed all to water all those people, and and uh, animals. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy. His chosen ones with gladness. Never forget that. When God brought you out of this world, when he brought you out of the worldliness that you lived in, it was with joy and gladness. 
And uh, we follow with joy and gladness um, is, is, is what the psalmist here is getting at. Um, he gave them the lands of the Gentiles, and they inherited the labor of the nations. They moved into houses, by the way, if you didn't know, that were already built, fig trees that were already planted, vines that were already in the ground. They just were able to do that, and God prepared that for them. Left with gold that they had earned over 400 years from Egypt and so on. And we close with this, and here's why he brought them out. Please remember this this morning, that they may observe his statutes and keep his laws. God wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want to just set us free from our sin. He does, but he wants us to do that with a purpose that we might walk with him the rest of our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for, um, we thank you for these two psalms. Um, the, the psalmist's heart, seeing things that maybe we've forgotten. Our world is quickly trying to gain our attention uh, and put it on them as opposed to on you. And I pray that you'd help us this morning to maybe move back um, towards you. If we find ourselves in a place in our lives where we seem to be binging on everything but you, Lord, I pray that we'd move away from that and, and move towards you, God. That's our heart. We thank you for this psalmist. We thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer before you go, please come up. Glad to pray with you.